Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. And your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Twitter at Locked On Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. People have their opinion. What other falsehoods are out there? A lot of the perception things about us. Are players buying in, Jim? I, yes. Fair enough. Rebuilds are difficult. Sometimes it takes years and years. I still believe, given a a really good offseason with this draft pick that we have coming and with our ability to to get some veteran players in here alongside these young guys, we we can make a substantial leap. Kick back. Relax. Locked on Bulls starts now. My job is to prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And these guys are men. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Matt Peck, also host of Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host, Jordan Malley, at Jordan C. Malley. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. Instagram, Locked On Bulls as well. And on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Locked On Shy Bulls. And of course, that text and voicemail line always there for you. Our fellow Bulls fan, 331-979-1369. Again, that number, 331-979-1369. What's on your mind as the Bulls near the completion of their five exhibition preseason games and get ready for the real ones starting next Wednesday. We're that close. Can't freaking wait. Jordan's off today, uh, but I thought I would hop on and give you some of my thoughts and takeaways from the Bulls' third and fourth preseason games against Indiana and Toronto. Uh, Indiana being another loss, the Raptors game being the Bulls' first win of the preseason. Toronto certainly uh, going the precautionary route and sitting an awful lot of their main players on Sunday night. I was looking at the Raptors lineup and thinking, well, this is not the team that just won the NBA championship earlier this summer. Uh, but, of course, that's to be expected in a lot of these preseason games. The Bulls, uh, you know, in, in their right, uh, sat a lot of their key players on that previous game against Indiana, um, giving guys like, uh, you know, Lowry and Otto and Zach uh, and... Thad Young and Sadoransky all the night off for rest. Um, and we heard that that might be the plan again for the Sunday game against Toronto. But surprise, surprise, we saw a lot of the Bulls' main pieces on the court in Toronto for what was a pretty uh, a pretty encouraging game. Even yes, though, they were competing against the B or maybe even C team of Toronto. But uh, Zach Levine and all of his sidekicks were balling out and looking pretty darn good. But before we get to that game, uh, a few thoughts about the loss to the Pacers. 105-87 was the final score in that one. And as I said, a lot of the guys, um, a lot of the Bulls starters got the night off. So the Bulls put out a starting lineup of Cornette and Gafford in the front court. Chris Dunn and Kobe White in the backcourt, and Denzel Valentine at the wing. Um, to me, the biggest takeaway from this game was more good and more not so good from the rookie, Kobe White. 
we saw him continue to be aggressive, attacking the basket and creating shots for himself. Uh, he did score 24 points, which I believe was a game high. Yes, it was highest point total of either team against Indiana, but he needed 22 shots to do it. So that's not ideal. 10 of 22 from the field, including 4 of 9 from downtown. You like the more efficient night from behind the three-point line, considering some of his struggles in summer league and more struggles through their first couple of preseason games. He added 8 rebounds, 1 steal, but a goose egg in the assist column. So this game against Indy, where Kobe White was you know, given a longer leash, played 30 minutes, um, and you know was was essentially given the green light from Jim Boylan. You know, go create plays, go make plays for yourself, go put the ball in the bucket, and he did that. But it was not the most efficient night, pouring in twenty four points, twenty four points on twenty two shots, not great. Um, and of course, as I also said, zero assists. So it was another example of this recent trend of those people talking about how Kobe White, you know, maybe was a quote-unquote point guard at UNC for his one college season, and he does think of himself as a point guard and calls himself a point guard, but looks, at least what we're looking at right now, like more of a shooting guard. A guy who can absolutely create create a shot for himself, and of course whose speed and athleticism has been really fun to watch and we saw more of that in this Patriots game where he was featured prominently attacking the basket in really creative ways he had that one move that somebody put it side by side the video of of Kobe White's attack to the basket in that indie game with a very similar Derrick Rose drive from his young prime years and there there's a lot to like about watching those videos side by side it's not just the fact that he had a better knife behind the three-point line, but you really saw the different ways that Kobe White can attack the basket using that speed and athleticism. And that was a lot of fun to watch, but it's also right now very glaringly the strength to his game where the weakness is creating good looks for his teammates. 22 shots, zero assists. That is the mark of a player who is not a distributing, pass-first kind of point guard. Not to say that that's a bad thing. Kobe White, if he earns himself a spot in Boylan's rotation, and it's looking like he certainly will, can provide some serious scoring punch off the bench, which is good. Because there's not a whole lot of scoring options. The bench is going to be, assuming healthy, deeper and better than it was last season Thad Young can probably get you a dozen or so points a night with the ways that he can score efficiently if Denzel Valentine shakes off this rust and comes around and stays healthy he can contribute some three-point shooting off the bench uh, and and of course the same goes for what we've seen from Luke Cornett the 7-1 space uh, floor spacing big who has looked pretty darn good since coming back from that turf toe injury that had him on the shelf in training camp and their first preseason game. So there will be some options as far as who's going to be scoring when a primarily second unit, uh, you know, group of five is out there. But right now, Kobe White absolutely hands down looks like the most dangerous scorer of them all. 
So it's not necessarily a bad thing that right now we're seeing him attack the basket a lot, get up a lot of shots, and maybe not so much with the assists. There are plenty of teams in this league that have a lot of success with score first, shoot first, shoot first, quote unquote, point guards. But you will probably see a lot of this season Jim Boylan putting Kobe White in the backcourt with somebody who is a more pass first kind of point guard. Like, and you saw this at times in the Toronto game, and it was looking pretty darn good. Ryan Archidiakono, Kobe White, and Zach Levine sharing the floor together. Or Thomas Sadoransky. Or Chris Dunn, who has continued to look basically like the same Chris Dunn that we've known in his preseason action. But so you could pair Kobe White with somebody who, if you feel like you need to have a pass-first guard out there, you could do that. And of course, it all goes into the bigger idea that we are hearing about and we've actually seen and we've seen work well in yes granted a small sample size preseason games but the multi-ball handler system that Jim Boylan continues to preach and continues to talk about and that is why you see these things like the Bulls having these significantly higher assist numbers and assist percentages than anything that we were used to last season the numbers are there The Bulls are assisting on more made baskets in this stretch of preseason games than what we saw last season. That is a good thing. And if Kobe White is not necessarily a big part of that right now, that's okay. And that's something that he can continue to build as part of his game. But in the meantime, the scoring is awesome. You just hope it's a little bit more efficient. You know, I mentioned he was four of nine from downtown in that loss to Indiana in the Toronto game. And we'll get to more of the Toronto game stuff in a minute. But in that Toronto game, by comparison, Kobe White of six of 16 overall from the field, four of 12 of that came from behind the three point line. 18 points, but again, 18 points on 16 shots. Not that efficient. And 12 threes, I know we're all excited for this Bulls team to take a considerably higher number of threes per game than what we saw last season, where they were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. But 12 threes? I mean, come on, Kobe. That's a bit much. 12 threes in 23 minutes? Okay. But the other thing that I did really like about Kobe's game against Indiana was the eight rebounds. Eight rebounds all on the defensive end. And that's another thing that Boylan has been talking about. We need everybody on this team to rebound. We need to do that as a team. And anyone who's getting that rebound, whether it's a quick outlet pass or getting the ball up the field, uh, up, up the court yourself, get the rebound and go. And we've even you know seen some videos that you know were put out on Twitter of a drill of Jim Boylan having his guys work on exactly that getting a defensive rebound, and getting out in transition. And that is absolutely one thing that Kobe White can do already. Eight rebounds, and you could see just how quickly he can get to the basket on the other side of the court once he gets that rebound. So for a guy his size, seeing eight defensive rebounds and his box score is a big, big plus. When I was talking about Boylan and his rotation and the different ways that he might be able to play 
certain backcourts together. I mentioned Chris Dunn for a second, so I'll just touch on him a little bit more. He played 29 minutes and started in that game against Indiana when Boylan gave most of the starters of this team the night off. I think it's becoming increasingly clearer, even if we haven't said it as much or heard it as, uh, you know, as officially, that Sadoransky is starting. You saw that starting lineup in that game against Toronto, which we'll get to in a second. But that on Toronto, that game against Toronto, that is your starting lineup. Sadoransky, Levine, Otto, Markkinen, Wendell. That looks to be the starting lineup. So Chris Dunn started and played 29 minutes in this game against Indy when most of the starters got the night off. Chris Dunn, 4 of 9 from the field for 8 points, 0 of 2 from downtown, 5 rebounds all on the defensive end, 2 assists, 6 steals, but 7 turnovers. So again, to me, we're seeing more of the same from Chris Dunn, a guy who isn't quite sure what his strengths are and tries to be a kind of player that he is not suited to be. The defense is great. Six steals, really impressive. But, I mean, seven turnovers? Your starting caliber point guard cannot be a guy who turns the ball over that much without giving you at least some scoring to counterbalance the turnover-prone element to his game because some of you out there might be saying well hey you know we saw lots of games last season where Zach Levine had seven or eight turnovers yeah okay well Zach Levine was also pouring in 30 plus points tonight and Zach Levine was asked to do a whole lot more ball handling than he had been accustomed to at any point previously in his career Chris Dunn was billed as a point guard so a point guard who takes nine shots has only two assists, turns the ball over seven times, and scores eight points. I'm sorry. That is not going to get it done in my book. The other player that I really did enjoy watching in this dud of a game against Indy was the other rookie, Daniel Gafford. He played 31 minutes. That was a game high for the Bulls, uh, a team high. 31 minutes, including getting the start. Four of eight from the field. Nine points added a free throw, just one of four from the free throw line, so that's not great, but eight rebounds, four on the offensive glass, four on the defensive end, five steals, two blocks. So Gafford did a little bit of everything. The four of eight from the field is not great when you consider where Gafford shots are coming from, basically everything in the restricted area, and Gafford's only shooting like just over 50% from the restricted area, which is not ideal. Um, he's got to finish at the rim better. He's got good hands, and he's got good aggression, and he certainly knows how to attack the basket. You just hope that uh, you know his finishing at the rim can improve a little bit because, God forbid, if he doesn't finish those looks around the basket and then gets sent to the free throw line, there's the other weakness of his game offensively. As we saw against Indiana, he went just one of four from the free throw line and was not a very good free throw shooter in college. So... Hopefully he works on that element of his game, but it's not like you can anticipate a marked improvement there, uh, especially with not any kind of drastic speed. But the offensive boards, keeping plays alive, giving the Bulls extra possessions, and the five steals and the two blocks, all of that kind of stuff 
it you saw this kid's motor really on display with all of the minutes he was given in that game against Indiana and yeah I, I know that there's already a pretty significant and growing still contingent of Gafford stands out there among Bulls Nation and I don't blame any of you for being really excited about this kid he is a work in progress but I think he's already showing us that he's farther along than a lot of people thought and if the Bulls need him to play minutes because of something that happens in their front court he can certainly provide you with useful things on the court again needs to get better finishing at the rim and is never going to be a guy who spaces the floor. The guy probably, you won't even see him, you know, take a 10-foot jump shot at any point this season. But the hustle plays, the defense, crashing the offensive glass to give his team some extra possessions, that kind of stuff is invaluable. And he is bringing it in the preseason. So again, when it comes to Boyle and his rotation, and it could vary on a nightly basis based on the Bulls' opponents and what the Bulls' opponents are doing with their lineups but I would guess right now that Luke Cornett is looking at more minutes per game than Daniel Gafford love what I'm seeing from Gafford in these preseason games but Cornett right now is a more established player who can do some solid rim protecting just as well if not better than Gafford and also has the ability to space the floor but still doesn't take away from what I've seen from Gafford this preseason because I'm really liking what I'm seeing that's about it from that Pacers game you know as I said a lot of guys got the night off not a whole lot of thoughts on some of these back end of the training camp roster guys who let's face it will not be around when the real game starts so why bother breaking down there you know 15 to 20 minutes or so off the bench in a completely pointless uh preseason game so before we get to some of my other thoughts about this toronto game just want to mention that today's show is brought to you in part by the folks at manscaped manscaped is number one in men's below the belt grooming you can get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping using the promo code locked on at manscaped.com So, this Raptors game, way more fun to watch and way more encouraging than a lot of the stuff we saw in the Pacers game. And primarily, I mean, what can you say about Zach Levine and the Zach Levine doubters that are out there still, and there are still lots of them? I I mean, what do you want this guy to show you? he's fifth in the league in points per game scoring in the preseason by the way and he's doing it with insane efficiency insane I mean in this game against the Raptors yes and it's the Raptors B team or B minus team if you want to call it that but 25 minutes is all Zach Levine needed to pour in 26 points on 9 of 14 from the field Four of six from downtown, a perfect four of four from the free throw line, while adding five rebounds, four assists, and two steals. He did have four turnovers, which, of course, you know, as I mentioned a minute ago, is still something that Zach continues to have to work on. But I love the two steals, and it, you know, it's not like a, you know, an eye 
opening eye-popping number to see just two steals in the box score. But there were a lot of effort and hustle plays that we saw Zach make in that game against the Raptors on the defensive end that created solid chances for the Bulls. Transition opportunities. And honestly, it was the effort that was one of the biggest things about Zach's defensive game that has been, you know, get getting his critics all riled up recently and over the last, you know, several seasons of his career. When he tries, he can be at least capable defensively. Uh, yeah, he still gets lost sometimes. Sometimes on defense, you see him do something or get or go somewhere or mix up a you know a switch that's just like mind-bogglingly bad. But we're seeing less. We're seeing fewer of those, and we're starting to see a lot of effort and a lot of hustle plays and a lot of pretty smart getting his hands in passing lanes kind of things from Zach on the defensive end, which is great to see. If he can make himself passable and not stick out like a sore thumb on the defensive end while also being this efficient offensively, the all-star nod is is a done deal, truly, because he looks that good on offense. Here's just some of these numbers about Zach Levine in his preseason so far. And again, I know, preseason, small sample size, but... And, you know, it's something that Darnell Mayberry, uh, you know, our pal who does great work for the covering the Bulls for the Athletic, pointed out in his column kind of offering a lot of his thoughts over the Bulls past week of preseason action. Zach Levine is not treating these games like preseason. Zach is clearly a man on a mission this season. He's talked about wanting to make the all-star team. He's talked about wanting to start to earn some of that respect as an elite player in this league. And a lot of that comes with the winning that Zach Levine wants to do because Zach Levine is pretty damn sick of losing at this point, and you can tell. So, those numbers. 23.3 points per game, which I mentioned, fifth among all players in preseason action. Shooting 55.8% from the field overall, and holy hell. I knew that he was knocking down threes a lot in this preseason action, but I did not know it was this efficient. 11 for 19, which comes to 57.9% from behind the three-point line. That's insane. And you can't expect that to be a number that he keeps all season. Because guess what? When regular season games start, Zach Levine is probably going to be defended a lot more aggressively than anything that he's seeing in the preseason. But... He is loving the fact that Jim Boylan is telling him to shoot more threes. I thought it was funny that he completely shot down that article that uh, Callie wrote for the Sun-Times a few days ago about something about, oh, his analytics guys told him that he's got to get rid of his mid-range game, and it's kind of not like it's not something that, that Levine was was happy about. And Levine just replied to the, the you know the post of the of the column on Twitter and was like, "This article is a joke. Couldn't be further from the truth." And like you've heard it from Zach's mouth, he loves the fact that Boylan is telling him to go shoot more threes because we see how aggressive and athletic he could be attacking the basket. Boy, did we see some of that against Toronto on Sunday night. But also, hey, if you want to take six or seven threes a game, Zach, you you go do that because he's knocking him down at a near 58% clip right now. And then uh, on top of the scoring, 4.7 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and 1.3 steals averaging 24 minutes per game in the preseason. So if you were to put that out on a more Zach Levine-like 
regular season minutes slate of about 36 minutes per game, the good old per 36 minutes stat, those numbers would amount to 35.3 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and two steals if Levine were playing 36 minutes in these preseason games based on what he's doing in about 24. Those per 36 numbers are just like, oh my God, that guy's an all-star. Again, I'm you know, I'm getting my myself all hyped up about Zach's performance in the preseason because I'm really excited for this bull season to start. There's they're going to be a team that still has a lot of challenges in front of them. And they're not, in my opinion, going to be a top tier team in the league. They're going to be a mid tier team if they stay healthy. But Zach Levine is something to get really excited about, people. Oh, and by the way, his plus minus for the preseason, 18 best, plus 32. Everything that we have seen from Zach Levine right now looks like a guy who is poised to make an even bigger elite offensive power. Even compared to a guy who looked pretty darn good last season. But hopefully, everything that the Bulls added to this roster in the offseason, players like Sadoransky and Thad Young, Getting, you know, a, a bench scorer like Kobe White, adding Coronet, and hopefully having all of these guys being healthy means that, you know, not to mention Lowry Marketing, Zach won't have to take such a huge load on his shoulders every game. And he won't have to try to create through insane attention from the opposing defense because if the Bulls play this team basketball the multi-ball handler system and these increased numbers and assists per game and assist percentage on made baskets and all this stuff that I was talking about earlier that is how Zach Levine can take his game to the next level if the Bulls actually have enough around him to keep defenses honest because guess what if you're trying to guard Zach Levine one-on-one good luck good luck to you if you go under a screen, he can pull up and knock down threes. If you try to guard him man tight, he is going to beat you to the rim. Guaranteed. And that two-man game that we saw some more of Sunday night with Levine and Lowry. Yes, Lowry's preseason action has been pretty subtle, pretty under-the-radar, passive is another word that I would use to describe it, and that is mildly worrying right now. But the moments that he has looked his best is when he is playing mm-hmm. alongside Zach Levine, and they are using their two-man game, the pick-and-roll, the pick-and-pop. It is lethal. It is very tough to guard. As my buddy Bulldog, our producer for Outsiders, said on Twitter the other night, please run that 20x time, you know, 20 times a game because nobody can guard it. We see it, and we like it. So, um, obviously, that was my biggest takeaway from the Raptors game. Zach Levine just looking like an absolute stud. Uh, we did see our first Wendell Carter action, so let's mention that real quick. Um, you know, had been sitting out training camp and also preseason because of the not only the mildly sprained ankle, which 
turned out to not be much of an issue, but it was the bruised tailbone that Wendell suffered in the second, I believe, uh, training camp practice that uh, Boylan mentioned was kind of like a deep bruise that was taking a little bit longer to come around and and heal, and why risk it in the preseason? So Wendell played 17 minutes, uh, including being the first look we saw at that projected starting five with Sadoransky, Levine, Otto, and Lowry. Wendell, 17 minutes, clearly looked pretty rusty. Uh, Looked like a guy who hadn't played five-on-five against a real opponent, you know, B-team or not, uh, in some time. One of six from the field. Three offensive rebounds, four defensive for seven total, one assist, one block, three fouls, just the two points on one of six shooting. He was a plus 10, uh, but on a night when the Bulls cruised against a B-team Raptors team, a plus 10 was actually sort of middling. Um, there were a lot of, uh, like the other Bulls starters, like Levine was a plus 30, Sadoransky was a plus 20, Lowry was a plus 16, Uh Thad Young was a plus 21 off the bench. So I th- I think I'm not worrying too much about Wendell looking a little rusty. I mean, that's basically all it was. That's what I would call it. He looked rusty, um, and that is to be expected. But we also saw glimpses of the kind of two-way player he can be. See him, you know, making a block on the defensive end and then running the floor and getting a dunk on the other end, that kind of stuff. You saw that there, and you hope that, we have a fully healthy Wendell this season. Because if he's healthy, he is the guy who can really make this starting five-man unit come together and be not only passable on defense, but what can we see from Carter growing his offensive game this season? Because if there's one thing that this starting lineup doesn't have a whole lot of outside of Zach Levine attacking the basket like a one-man wrecking crew, it's interior scoring. We didn't see a whole lot of that, at least not confidently, from Wendell last season. We're going to get it from Thad Young when Thad Young's in there, rest assured. We need to see it from Wendell this season too. But again, I'm going to give him a pass because it was his first game action back from those um, couple of of, uh, training camp injuries. Let's hope for a healthy Wendell from here on out. Uh, Let's hope that we get to see more of him in their final preseason game against Atlanta, which is coming up on Thursday. Who knows? After playing his real team on Sunday night, maybe Boylan decides to use that final Atlanta preseason game to sit his starters again uh, and let uh, you know let the, the training camp guys uh, get out there and, and, and get some run. So we'll see. Um, I guess, you know, if Wendell is feeling good and Jim does want to see his team, you know, do some more things with the with the real guys in there. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, and then we got a long break. We got one more preseason game Thursday. It's only Monday. God, it's going to take forever. And then after that final preseason game Thursday, we don't play our first real game until next Wednesday, the Bulls opener against Charlotte, which looks to be a dumpster fire of a team. Wouldn't it be nice if the Bulls can start their season with a win? Sure hope so. A uh, couple of things before we get out of here. Um, that final preseason game against Atlanta on Thursday night, we will be doing uh, our Outsiders episode after that on NBC Sports Chicago. So for those of you 
who have NBC Sports Chicago, or if you want to tune in on Twitter, we're doing it on Twitter this season, uh, Twitter Live, and also on NBC Sports Chicago's YouTube uh, channel. So check it out there. Uh, we'll be doing Outsiders after Bulls Hawks, uh, and that's coming right after the game. No post game show. So we will be on right after the conclusion of the game. Um, and then a couple of shout outs before we get out of here. Um, <laughs> Phil on Twitter uh, <laughs> tagged me and said, hey, uh, you should give uh, Blakeney a shout out on Locked on Bulls because guess what he did in his China debut? He dropped 40 points. Of course he did. Blakeney already well on his way to being a star of the Chinese league. So tip of the cap to our old pal Blakeney. Happy for him. Kind of assumed that that was coming. And then on a personal note, uh, congrats uh, to my sister and my brother-in-law who welcomed their second daughter uh, on Saturday, Victoria Lynn. Uh, I can't wait to go down to Houston next month and pay them a visit and meet my second niece because I'm pretty obsessed with the first one and I'm assuming number two will be just as awesome. So congrats to my sister and my brother-in-law and uh, congrats to Blake for dropping 40 points. Hopefully we will have Jordan back in the fold for tomorrow's show. In the meantime, hit us up in that text to voicemail line 331-979-1369 for all of your polls, thoughts, questions, inquiries, comments about the preseason as we wait for the fifth and final exhibition game against Atlanta. Until then, appreciate all of you out there in Bulls Nation, Locked On Bulls Nation. Thanks for listening. Love y'all. Talk to you next time. Peace out. Locked On Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com 